Hey, Sawete uh, Discipuli and Sawete Omnes. Welcome again to another episode of Latin in Layman's. Today is September 9th, 2023. I actually have forgotten to uh, say the date for the prior amount of episodes that I remember not saying the day for. Anyways, because I was doing that consistently for a hot second during the summertime. Um, well, for today, first off, whoa, uh, for those that don't know, um, all of a sudden, uh, my TikTok has made quite a bit, I want to say critical mass. And uh, about on Tuesday, I have accumulated a, a following um, 10 times greater than what I had at the beginning of this week. So I started out with like around uh, 80 or uh, I'm sorry, 800 followers. And now I'm pushing uh, 6,500 at this point. So um, this has been overwhelming the amount of support, the amount of love, the amount of, well, um, comments that are both flattering, but also, uh, you know, um, the, yeah, I'm just instructing. I'm not trying to do anything else. Anyways, that being said, I do appreciate those and I've addressed those and all those comments and stuff like that and just kind of addressing my new audience on TikTok. Um, and I have a lot of people from TikTok asking about Latin language, etymology, the fact that I do have a podcast and uh, I just wanted to plug it. I'll continue to plug it there. So if you find yourself finding your way on over here from TikTok, um, thank you. Uh, so much for your support. I am over the moon right now. This is really insane. I, I kid you not, especially because I have been doing this kind of day in, day out, been getting so much flack for it, you guys. You guys have no idea. I've been, especially from, you know, people that are the people like closer to me, like family members, you know, I've always been given this this pushback of like, why am I teaching a dead language? You know, there's no reason why would you, you know, it's a futile endeavor. Nobody's going to learn and or glean and or even, you know, get any sort of like valuable information from learning something that is quote unquote, a dead language. So, you know, I've, I've really come to bat at this point. I know as to how to argue that point time and time again, uh, because I've been thrown that comment time and time again. But that being said, um, yeah, two and a half years, if not more, I've just been doing this, been chilling. You know, if you guys scroll back and if you guys see on Latin and layman's uh, going to my Apple podcast, it'll show the amount of episodes that I've already released. Um, this will be my 248th episode. Um, so there are plenty that you can scroll through. I have actually deleted a lot of my first ones that I started recording back in the very beginning stages of when I started in quarantine. Uh, I want to say it was around like 2021, uh, April-ish. No, actually, maybe more like February. Anyways, um, people are showing a lot of love. They're being really supportive. I really appreciate you guys. Um, as, as you guys know, I'm all about hype beast and everybody else around me. You guys have really helped hype beast me. You guys have helped me kind of take a, a beat for a second, appreciate the hard work that I put in and continue to put in and something that I'm never going to stop. You know, everybody, all my students are so funny. All my prior students are like, never forget us, Mr. Connerly, when you get famous and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, don't worry about it. You guys, I literally, I consider myself always to just be this vessel to carry this information that I have in my mind 
and just scatter it through the ethers. And, you know, maybe it finds somebody that appreciates it and they suck it up and they suck up more of it and they start to grow and learn and start to ask more questions and starts to amplify their own world and their language and their understanding of their own language and understanding of other people's language and understanding that language is so anthropological and cultural and that we are all so different and diverse and yet we are human beings and we are on this earth and we are dealing with the same endeavor, aka life. And life is kind of hard sometimes. And if you know, you know, I know, I very well know. Being a teacher full time, very much know. I'm working overtime all the time. I am, you know, I'm going to try and honor my TikToks and my audience members as much as possible. But I hope that people uh, do realize that I I do have a lot of other obligations that I have to, uh, you know, I have to, to show up to. And that's what it's all about with me. That's what I tell my students. I, And that's what I tell anybody and everybody in my life, as well as myself when I remember to tell myself, is that it's all about showing up and to continue to show up and to not... To, to, you know, and you can, you can not show up for a day. That's okay. You can, you can, you can rest. You can take a nap. You can say, you know what? I think I just need a rest day for my mind and my body and my soul. Maybe your muscles too. Maybe you hit it really hard and you've got a buildup of a uh, amount of lactic acid that has made that Dom's Mazzetti, that D, that delayed onset muscle soreness kind of excruciating. Maybe you had a hard leg day. I don't know. But that being said, I'm getting on a ramble bamble. You guys know me. That's something I tend to say a lot because I tend to ramble bamble a lot. But I have things to say that I just want you guys to know because this is who I am. And I hope that you guys start to learn a little bit more about me. And now that we have more audience members coming into the play, um, I've entertained Q&As in the past, of which you could probably just search it up on the Spotify search bar or Pod, Apple Podcast, wherever you get it. And um, and yeah, you know, you can check out those Q&A. Some of them have been like my audience members who have stuck with me from the, you know, the, the impetus really. And honestly, I, to this point, my analytics, according to Spotify for podcasters, has said that I've had an average amount of audience members of about like 70 to 80. So um, yeah, I've, I, I, I've had a few Q&As, not a lot, but I would urge anybody and everybody to ask more questions, um, topics that they want me to go into. Um, I'm getting a lot of questions actually in my DMs on Instagram about, you know, Latin stuff, declensions, perfect active system, perfect passive system. Somebody hit me up for the indirect statement. It, from what I understand, at least it sounded like the indirect statement um, and all that good stuff. So um, I want to help. That's what I'm here for. That's I'm a, like, like I tell my students, I'm like, I'm the vessel. If I, I, I don't want to get famous. The amount of over how overwhelmed I've already felt with this stuff, it's like now I realize why you see how a lot of the people up top, the famous people, are the people that tend to be tortured by that fame and by that attention. And I just want to help. That's all I want to do. And if that means that I gain some traction and I quote unquote look famous to my students or whatever, then I'm here for it. But all I'm here to really do is help y'all and to, I don't know, grow. Do things for the sake of doing them because I love it and I love growing and I love learning. I really do. 
The more you know, the more you know. And the more you know, the more you can really carry yourself confidently through this life. Don't at me. I mean, you can disagree, but uh, you're going to have to come up with a pretty viable argument to, uh, to, to negate me with that one because I tell my students, Latin, I love Latin. I teach Latin very differently than uh, a lot of Latin teachers have seen me in the past. They don't necessarily agree all the time because I will, you know, entertain also Greek into the mix. I will entertain um, cross-curricular stuff, etymology, and uh, some people are just really diehard Latin fanatics, and I get that. I love that. I love Latin too, and all of the historical aspects of it and the first source accounts of, you know, translating like something like Caesar's de Bella Gallico. But at the end of the day, I do it because Latin is a confidence class for me. Con, that prefix meaning together and or with. Fideo in Latin means faith. And then that ens is a um, an abstract suffix that we've used in English to really refer to pertaining to um, and in this case, if you etymologize working from the right back to the left, the suffix to the prefix, you get pertaining to faith with, and in this case, oneself. That's what confidence is. And that's what Latin was for me because I used to be so garbage at Latin. It was literally a source of stress, anxiety. I had panic attacks over it um, from what I understand is a panic attack. And um, yeah, you know, I just want my students to know that they're capable especially when they walk into Latin thinking it's rigorous, it's hard, it's going to be difficult, I'm scared, I'm worried, it's a dead language, I don't know what to expect. It's not like that for me in my class. You will not, if you show up and you should, even if you show up and you know what, you can only give me 50% that day, I will sub in the other 50%. I will show up. You know what, if you give, it can come in with 100%, come in with that 100% and give me that 100% during that 50-minute class period that we have right? Let's do the learning process then, there, right then and now, and then let's let it go. Let's let it all percolate in our brains. That's what I tell my students. That's why we always aim to be efficient in our class period so that we can get to the end of class. So quote unquote homework ends up turning into classwork so that my students end up not having homework. And then I end up having retention of all of my homework so I don't have to hunt students down like I'm freaking Van Helsing just to get homeworks in so that I can grade them. That being said, there we go for a little bit of me and a little bit about my students and a little bit about what Latin is for me. So if you're worried, if you think that you're not capable, if you think that you don't know, I respectfully disagree with you and I'll help you understand that you know more. And it's all about looking at what's wrong. If you get it wrong, making it right, looking at what's right and seeing that, affirming that, looking back, reflecting on it, saying, wow, you know what? I got it right. Even though I told myself I didn't know. I tell my students embrace failure. It's okay. And they're like, okay, gasp, Mr. Connolly, what are you talking about? Failure, stress? Blah. No, it's all good. Because at the end of the day, who gets everything right 100% of the time, 365, 24-7 for the entirety of their life? AKA zero persons. Nobody can be a Jesus in this world. I say that all the time because it is true. We can try and be perfect, but seldom can we ever achieve something even close to that, okay? So why try and do something that's just going to kind of beat you down even more because I've been such a perfection-oriented person in my life. 
that now I see it as an observer of my students. I see how stress can just be so unnecessary and so antithetical to the learning process. So I don't know. If, if any of this resonates with you, if you're just curious, if you want to know more, if you want to ask questions, ask them. Email me, liamconnerly at gmail.com, all lowercase, L-I-A-M-C-O-N-N-E-R-L-Y at gmail.com, or latininlaymans at gmail.com. Again, L-A-T-I-N-I-N-L-A-Y-M-A-N-S at gmail.com. Hit me up. Send me some questions. I compile them and put them into a Q&A, and I would love to answer any and all things. That being said, I will not be answering any inappropriate comments. Uh, sorry, not sorry. Remember, I still have an audience member's uh, age range of about, well, actually, I'm not sure about my middle schoolers as much. I know that my middle schoolers that are now high schoolers hit me up and let me know that they listen to my podcast, but let's just keep it at least PG and or PG-13, but let's not go anywhere past that. Um, I'm just saying because uh, TikTok, uh, I have come to know what edits are now, and I am... Um, I've been tagged in some edits and I've went and seen them and, uh, well, uh, yes, I am very flattered in a way, but also, um, uh, I really hope that these, uh, people that are making these edits are, um, appreciating my learn or my instruction as well. That being said, I'll leave it there. And let's get on into it because what we're going to do today is I... I'm going to talk about some beautiful words riffing off of nostalgia. So nostalgia is going to be what we're going to talk about. And then I might even talk about some words pertaining to algia because nostalgia refers to, well, kind of like, you know, the hearkening of what was, you know, in our childhood. And the older I get, I seem to reach back for the things that made me happy in my childhood. And I think that people resonate with that as they get older. Um, me and my brother, like I, I uh, just to say, like, you know, thinking about when I was back home, like, like a nostalgic thing for us is he ended up getting Elder Scrolls for Oblivion for the Xbox one. We ended up finding a copy that it was um, cross platform and we played just that game. Well, I kind of watch him. I just like watching my brother play video games. I'm that kind of guy. Um, unless we were playing zombies and then play some zombies on Canada Toten and then we go ham. But, um, um, but yeah, so, uh, that was my childhood. I remember just growing up playing those kinds of games on the computer. And, you know, we, me and my brother played a lot of RPG games because mom and dad would rarely let us go to GameStop. And when we did go to GameStop, we came to find out that, we got our bang for our buck and the most time well spent in the RPG realm because we could just throw down hours upon hours upon hours. And it kind of was our own immersive world. You know, now I think about it, I love hiking. I love being outside. And when I was watching my brother play Oblivion this past summer, I was like, oh my gosh. It was like, because I didn't like hiking as a kid, but I loved hiking and traversing the landscape in Oblivion, uh, Cyrodiil. Um, and I would, and I remember that was the first time you could actually traverse uh, an open world on a horse in first person. It was wild. I remember doing that and just hearing the music and, um, 
yeah, I still play um, sleep playlists of Oblivion and uh, that that soundtrack. So if you know, you know, I'll leave it there. Let's get into nostalgia and I'll shut the heck up because I need to because I'm just ramble, bamble, 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 bamble. All righty. So starting off with our first word here, we got nostalgia. So nostalgia is actually two Greek words smushed together to make the English word. That's what I like to talk about a lot is how English is just a hodgepodge, this modgepodge. I don't know really which one's the right term. Actually, I say both hodgepodge, modgepodge. Um of Greek and Latin, because nostalgia is just a culmination. Well, first off, what does it refer to? It refers to a sentimental longing or affectionate yearning for the past, right? It's often, oh my goodness, excuse me. It's often accompanied by the sense of sadness or uh, wistfulness, really, right? It's a complex emotion state triggered kind of by memories and experiences. You know, you can be reminded from a smell, something as visceral as a smell, a song, a memory, but usually those are triggered by other things that invoke that memory. So etymologically, the word nostalgia has its roots in Greek. It combines nostos, meaning the returning of home or returning home, and algos coming from uh, that algia, meaning pain or ache. This is also get where, we, where we get fibromyalgia. This is where we get myalgia. This is where we get neuralgia. What is neuralgia? Well, neurons refers to nerve. Algos refers to pain. Therefore, neuralgia literally means nerve pain. And that's what it is. Myalgia, mys, refers to muscle. Algos refers to pain. Myalgia is muscle pain. Um, well, cephalgia, if you've ever heard of cephalgia, ceph refers to the Greek word Kephale, meaning head. This is where we had have encephal, encephalopathy and algos, again, referring to pain. So that one literally means head pain, cephalgia. So as you can see, algia has its roots in the medical field because of its suffix, um, but it can also be relayed into other terms that have much more of a abstract quality. Another one, odontalgia. Odont, comes from the Greek, the genitive singular form, meaning of teeth or of the tooth rather. Well, if it was singular, it'd be of the tooth. And then algos again, meaning pain. So algae or odontalgia refers to pain of the teeth. All right. That's also where we get periodontist. Peri means around. Odont refers to of the teeth. And then, well, Ist refers to the practitioner of. You can also have periodontitis, and itis refers to the inflammation of. So if you go to a periodontist, you might have periodontitis, which is the inflammation of what is around the teeth, peri meaning around like perimeter. I'm sorry, I'm going on a ramble tangent right now, but I just like to show how something like nostalgia actually has a lot of word associations, derivatives, and um, similarities to things that are found within medical field pathologies. Okay, so now let's go back to nostalgia and let's talk about all these words referring to it. Because it was originally coined, I believe, back in the late, 18th, late 17th century by, um, I forget the physician's name, but I know that they were Swiss because uh, I don't know. I don't know why I remember why they were Swiss, but it helped to describe a condition a condition observed in, oh, that's right, because it was a condition observed in Swiss mercenaries who became homesick while stationed abroad. Um, at the time, it was considered a medical disorder related to homesickness. 
So if you didn't know, now you know. Next one that we're going to talk about riffing off of nostalgia is going to be reminisce. To reminisce is to recall or to talk about past experiences, often in a fond or nostalgic manner. It involves the act of remembering and sharing memories, right? When we reminisce, well, it comes from the Latin word reminiscere, which means to remember or to think over again. This word, again, emphasizes the fact that we're just revisiting past memories and whether it's etymologically to remember or to think over again, or if it's its actual definition referring to recall or to talk about past experiences, I think etymologically or its actual definition both mean rather the same thing. Am I right? I don't know. You can agree and or disagree with me. Vintage. Vintage refers to something of high quality or lasting popularity from the past, right? It's often associated with items of products from a specific era, typically 20 or 100 years old, which have retained their appeal. The word vintage has its roots in the Latin word vendamia, which means grape harvest or wine. Because what is it when we harvest grapes? Well, if you're back in late antiquity, you're probably not really wanting the grapes as much. You want the fun stuff after you ferment those grapes after a while. Over time, though, it became associated with the age and quality of wine. And eventually, it was extended to describe other valuable and old items. But it actually comes from uh, aged wine, essentially, is where vintage comes from. Weenum in Latin means wine, V-I-N-U-M. These are pronounced as W's for those that don't know and are tuning in for the first time. I've talked about that many a time in past episodes. Next one we have is retro. Retro refers to a style, fashion, or design that imitates or, rem or is reminiscent, rather, of the past, often with a sense of nostalgia there. It involves adopting elements from er earlier eras and then incorporating them into kind of these like contemporary concepts. Hey, look at that. Con meaning together and or with. Tempor coming from the Latin tempor, tempor, temporis. Ugh. Remember, I'm, I always reiterate I'm not the best with the pronunciation of Latin because that's not really what I'm going to die on the hill about in terms of my learning of Latin and Latin language because I don't really dive into the recitation. I dive into the deeper meanings and the words associated that I can glean from and or to help expand my vocabulary. That being said, I'll shut up. Um, so tempor, temporis, meaning uh, time airy pertaining to contemporary pertaining to times with or with the times essentially is what contemporary means it's where we get contemporaneous retro is a shortened form of retrospective uh, retrospective actually comes from the latin uh, an assimilated word retro plus spectus spectus means to look and or to watch that's where you get spectator from and then retro means to uh, back and or again so again this Assimilated together, retrospectus would be look back or backward view. It reflects the idea of looking back in time and revisiting past styles or trends, right? There you go. Next one, memories. Memories are the recollections of past events, experiences, or information stored in one's mind. They can evoke feelings of nostalgia when revisited. Etymologically, the word memory comes from the Latin memoria, which means Faculty of memory or remembrance. 
Antique. An antique is a collectible or valuable item that is typically over 100 years old. Um, antiques are often sought after for their historical and nostalgic significance. Got to get a little sweetie swig. I really do these and I try to do them all in one take. So um, this is all my information. I just go, I, I literally have a list of words right now and I just am going one off after the other. So hopefully this is not going too fast. I'm not going too fast. I'll take a moment. I do get a little parched here. Alrighty. Antique etymologically is derived from the Latin word antiquus, meaning ancient or old. It emphasizes the age and historical value of the item. Next one. I love this one. Melancholy. Melancholy refers to a deep, kind of pensive and sometimes sorrowful feeling often associated with nostalgia and the sense of loss. The word melancholy has its roots in ancient Greek where melas means black. It's where we get melanin. It's where we get melanocytes, all that kind of stuff. The kole, k, or well, that kali rather, coming from the Greek kole, spelled K-H-O-L-E, means bile. Okay, so um, in ancient medicine, it was believed that an imbalance in the body's humors, including back, black bile, could lead to the melancholic disposition, the sadness, the black, and then uh, the black bile, essentially. So if you didn't know, now you know. Um, this is where you get the humors. You get the, oh, I'm going to have to do a little tabity tab on over to the four humors just to talk about them real quickly because we have yellow bile, black, red, um, and it's hard to talk about also. Um, okay, for the four humors. So the four humors, humorism, uh, chymos, or chymos, rather, is, I don't know, chymos, whatever. Sorry, should have looked up the, uh, the correct pronunciation beforehand, but this is just me kind of like sussing out in my mind because I kind of forgot the four humors, but I want to remember them because we have sanguine coming from sanguis in Latin, meaning blood. We have the melancholy, the melancholic, the black bile. Here we go. I got a picture up here. Um, we have the, we have the phlegmatic, the phlegm, uh, we have the melancholic, we have the choleric, which is the yellow bile, and then the sanguine, which is the blood. Um, those are the four humors. And then, uh, well, they're all associated with, um, and if you look it up, it's kind of like, it tries to associate really like afflictions and how they kind of align with the seasons as well. So when you are dry, when it's dry, you're kind of in between black and yellow bile. That's between autumn and summer versus hot would be between summer and spring. You maybe split between yellow bile and blood. Um, okay, I'll leave it there. You can you can check it out if you want to. The, the four humors, um, Hippocrates, my man, uh, from way back when coming up with all that good stuffity stuff. That being said... Let's get on into our next word after melancholy, which is going to be sentimental. Sentimental describes a strong emotional attachment or affection for someone due to personal or nostalgic reasons. It often involves a heightened emotional response, uh, from my understanding at least, I think. Etymologically, 
sentimental is derived from the Latin, or I'm sorry, the French word sentiment, um, which actually has evolved from the Latin word sentire. Sentire means to feel, in which case sentiment also relates to feelings and or emotions. So this is where we get the term sentient. We are sentient beings. We are sentimental. We have sense because it goes sentio, sentire, sensum is its fourth principal part. It's PPP, aka having had or having been afflicted with emotions or feelings essentially is what sensum would be. Um, that's what your senses are, emotions. Having had these emotions, feelings that are sense sensual. We are sentient beings. Last one that we're going to get into is flashback. A flashback is a sudden and vivid memory or recollection of a past event. Um, I guess it's kind of often triggered by sensory experiences or associations, and it can kind of be evoked by a strong sense of nostalgia, tying it back to nostalgia, in my opinion. Um, flashback combines flash and back, indicating a sudden return or recollection of the, of the past moments. Um, I just wanted to do one that was actually, this is kind of neologist uh, in a way. This is a new uh, word because logos can either refer to study of or words. Um, and so this is kind of a neologist word. Um, the term actually originated in the world of literature and film to describe a narrative device where the story temporarily shifts to an earlier time. So it's a rhetorical vice, device utilized way back, and um, it has more English um, influences. But remember, if we were to think about the Latin for back and or again, we get retro, but that is actually Greek. So sorry about that. Anyways, don't know why I went into a whisper, but that's all I have for you guys today. I hope that this is a good impetus into your um, Latin and layman's journey. If you are uh, the first time, welcome. Really appreciate having you here. And if you have already, if you gotten to this point, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And I did a thing, or I forgot to do a thing that I meant to do at the very beginning of my episode because I, hey, if you guys leave a rating or a review, especially on Apple Podcast where you can actually write a little blurb, I'm always going to shout you out. I'm so sorry. I did not shout you out at the beginning of the episode, so I'm going to I'm gonna circle back here. I'm going to do this real quickly because... Uh, we've gone to 23 ratings on Apple Podcast, you guys. I mean, I am over the moon right now because uh, before that, we were at 21, I believe. And then before that, we were stuck at like 18 for a while. So rocking awesome, you guys. I'm loving, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. And back on 8-22-2023, Stacey Dresden and I shouted her out on my TikTok. But you know what? I got to shout her out here as well. Latin podcast accessible and covering a range of topics is how she titles it and giving me five stars. Stacy, you rock. I got you on Instagram as well. So I, I, you know what? I love having you come on over. Um, let me know if you have any questions. If you would like for me to go over any sort of Latin conjugation or vocabulary of what you mentioned in your review that I'll read in a second, um, I can help you out with that. Also, scroll on through got plenty of those i have a lot a lot a lot a lot and i've also redone a lot of my very like earlier ones uh, and i've been doing this uh latin mini grammar series as well 
In her rating, she says, Liam is an astute and warm podcaster offering a range a wide range, rather, of Latin conjugation, vocabulary, and translations. I skip over the medical etymology, but those episodes could be extremely useful for those pursuing medical field expertise. Nice voice and good content. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am starting to learn now that people really do enjoy my voice and they say it's soothing, so thank you. Um, I hope it doesn't put you to sleep, though. Next one, left uh, a couple days ago, actually titled Love It from Lucky Abby, giving me five stars. Thank you so much, Abby. I am lucky to have you come on over. I hyperfixate on learning new material related to vocabulary, word origin, grammar, etc. ETC actually comes from the Latin et plus catera, et meaning and, catera, cetera, means and the rest. So when you say et cetera, that's, you're just you're kind of minimizing the gigantic list that you might actually throw down. So if you didn't know, now you know, Abby, et cetera, is actually the abbreviation of Latin et cetera, meaning and the rest. So she says vocabulary, word, word origin, grammar, et cetera, and this is perfect is what she said. My attention span is not the greatest, but your podcast keeps me hooked. Thank you. Thank you so much, Abby. And thank you, everybody, who has find their, found their way here and has made it all the way to the very end. I appreciate you guys. I see you. I hear you. And thank you for seeing me. Again, I always like to wrap up this podcast with a moment to just kind of take a beat and do a little body scan, if you will. And thank your toes. Maybe wiggle them. Plant them on the ground. And realize how they, they ground you to this wor world, this earth. And these feet, the pads on the bottom of your feet, they ground you to this world. They also carry your body through this world. We never, we never, we never give our feet, our feet credit, our legs credit, do we? I don't know. I just want to say thank you, feet. Thank you, big toes. Thank you anterior tibialis. Thank you, gastrocnemius. Gastro meaning stomach, nemius referring to of the lower leg. Your gastrocnemius is the fancy-dancy word for your calf. What does it really mean etymologically? The stomach of the lower leg. Because, hey, guess what? If you go ahead and flex that calf, don't you get a little bit of a little tummy-tum on that lower leg, that little, little bolus there, if you will, if you want to cradle it? Maybe cradle it and give it some love. Thank you. Thank you for being the fast twitch muscle that you are that is continually having to undergo uh, constant damage to then be repaired because uh, you're always being used. Thank you. That being said, I'm going to leave it there. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Tempus est discedere, meaning the time is fleed, essentially. And it means for you guys to get on out of here and go enjoy your Saturday. Catch you on the flip.